Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! That's my party horn! Because building a business is not like the easiest thing in the world and sometimes you just need some friends to sit around and have an IPA with. The pumpkin spice latte of white dudes in cargo shorts. Or, you know, like Celtics jerseys or something like that. <laughs> because building a business, it's going to take a lot from you. And also, there's a there's just so much uncertainty. There's so much uncertainty. And a lot of life, uh, in, for me at least, is, is about like trying to not be in places where everything is uncertain all the time. <laughs> like, I like that when I watch Modern Family. I know I'm going to have a few laughs. I know I'm going to see some product placements for Toyota Sienna vans. Mm. I like that van. (laughs) I like Corbett going, mmm, yes, the Sienna. But here's the deal. When you're building a business, there is a lot of uncertainty. And it can be a special kind of crazy making. All right? You, you, like us humans, like just like our, just like our primate ancestors, like we don't love uncertainty. We can get a little skittish. We can get a little crazy in it. Do you know what I mean? And so what this podcast exists to do is to just provide conversations in the midst of that uncertainty to let you know how others have been solving these same problems in the past to help you get into the sort of Akashic record of business acumen of like just the principles of business that have kind of been around for a long, some of them have been around for as long as humans have been around. So much of doing a business today is just doing human nature, right? Psychology, motivation, desire, whatever, all of these things, right? So it's not like you have to have a PhD in like, in like integrating with Twitter's backend, to do a to, to do a business today, you don't have to be a coder to do a business today. I'm amazed at how many of my good friends have full fledged businesses with full fledged like webinars, evergreen webinars, all these social media accounts, courses, blogs, podcasts, and not a single one of them has ever lifted a finger to code anything in their life. They're just cobbling it together with tools that exist, right? So you don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to be certain about all the deep down dark tech stuff to do a business online. What do you need to be certain about? What do you need to know about? What do you have to understand? That's what the fizzle shows about because if you're not focused on the right things, your business is actively fizzling out right now. Okay? So let's start talking about some of the right things to focus on. Today on the call, I have Corbett Barr. Corbett, say hello. Hey, everybody. Corbett, give us a little update on where the bars are right now as it stands. We're in January. What are we on the, the 23rd of January as we record this? Yeah. And you are where in the world? We're in the month when the bars of the Portland, Oregon area normally fly south for the winter. But this year, <laughs> we decided to switch things up a little bit. And uh, we are in España, as they call it. España. Which place? So you're in Sevilla, Spain. That's right. And and this is for how long? A uh, couple of months to, well, we're in Sevilla for six weeks or so, and then uh, we have another month open in March. We're not sure where we're going to head, but uh, just wanted to switch things up and get a little sunshine and enjoy some Spanish culture. 
Oh man, that is so amazing. Now for listeners who don't know, Corbett, like, he means it. Like this time of year, he and his wife have always traveled down to Mexico. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, you just started traveling and then you found a spot in Mexico you really liked, then you kind of kept going down there. Um, and so switching it up is like a big, I mean, here's the deal to find a place you like to vacation to for, and you do it for like how many years in a row did you go down there, Corbett? 10. So like 10 years, him and his wife. And now it's like they're changing it up. Yeah. Just, just try something new. Totally. And I, I don't think this is going to be permanent. We just, um, we actually lost that we'd been staying in for a long time down there. We'd just been renting for the same place forever and mm. the building sold. We aren't able to rent it again. So we decided mm, maybe it's a sign. Let's, let's take a break, head somewhere else, enjoy ourselves. And then we'll probably be back in the same town in Mexico next year. Um, because it's hard to get away from the tropics and swimming yeah. in the ocean every day. <laughs> yeah, but I love this as an example of, we're going to be talking about uncertainty and we're going to be talking about um, creating tests for your business, creating a business test. This is, a, this, is gonna, this is like a really important conversation. And so much of that is is being, you know, kind of, thrust into i always think of like the inciting incident of a story is not when luke skywalker goes out and like tries to like defeat the empire the inciting incident of that story is when just some like you know some like low level very low level stormtrooper people burn up luke skywalker's family and home (laughs) yeah right that's the inciting incident the inciting incident is when the place you've rented for 10 years is no longer available Mm -hmm. and then the question is asked like what so how now shall we live Right. This is this is the beginning of a story. And 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 when the way that Corbett and Jessalyn, his wife, think about what do we want? What was the point of Mexico in the first place? What are the desires there? What are what's our goal? What's our hypothesis? This is all stuff that we're going to get into. And that's how they end up. You know, you end up solving problems and being in places that are like, you know, Corbett's saying in the hipster capital of probably the hipster capital of all of Spain, if not all of Europe right now in this little park in Sevilla where there's like 40 bars around the park. (laughs) I love it. Okay, and then Aiden Fishbein is always also on the phone. Say hello, Aiden. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Okay, Aiden, talk us through what we're talking about today. I love this intro paragraph in this in this outline you put together. Will you will you tell us what we're talking about? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll read the intro paragraph. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is all about business experiments. So we're going to be talking about the vital components that make up business experiments, how to execute them fast so you can speed through the tests and uh, and hopefully get to MVI, which is like your ramen profitability, the just the tiniest amount of money that keeps everything spinning, all the plates spinning, um, how to get there as fast as you possibly can. Um, <clears throat> because yes, I mean, there's uh, this philosophy of experiments is like applicable to not just business, but like what you were mentioning, Chase, with, with Corbett's living situation, I'm literally in the same kind of flying south testing the snowbirding thing myself here in Arizona yeah. with uh, with Portland waiting for me in the summers and, and enjoying what is t-shirt weather right now here in Phoenix. Um, and um, and the idea was, uh, was birthed from a short test, a, a simple hypothesis, and um, yeah, and a couple, a couple other things that make up a business experiment. Okay, I love this. So what we're talking about are doing these quote business experiments, end quote. Okay. What do we what do we mean by that? Like what is that, Aiden? What is a business experiment? Yeah, so it's it's an idea that you have. Um and everybody has ideas. Um, but what I think a lot of people don't think about is what are the constraints on this idea, right? Um and I'll just attest from personal experience. 
most of the ideas that I've ever had in my life got got away from me, um, and and they can get away from me in in two different ways. One is I have an idea and I never do anything with it. That's the most common. Um, but the second thing is <clears throat> I have an idea and then. Uh, it's two years later, and I haven't really been paying attention to whether or not it's worth the time that I've spent on it <laughs> for the last two years, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So constraints, you know, setting, um, having a hypothesis, clearly defining what you're after, um, and uh, and kind of setting up your experiment, carrying out your experiment, trying to make sure you have a good grasp on the things that you have control over versus the things that you don't have control over, and ultimately, what does success look like for this specific experiment? So you know when you get there. It's pretty simple, but a lot of us don't don't, uh, and myself included, don't uh, never thought to think about things that way. Um, and that way, you. This is why they're so important. Um, they keep risks manageable, so you can have a lot of experiments. So you can really figure out exactly what it is you want to do, what it is that is um, that that can support you, um, and it helps you uncover that right path sooner with less pain, having spent hopefully a lot less money. Um, yeah, live to fight another day or find success um, in the most painless way possible. Okay, I love this. So, uh, because you just you just hit on one of the things that these experiments can really do for us, right? They, they can keep the risks manageable, right? They keep, they, like, the, when you're doing entrepreneurship, when doing entrepreneurship is like skiing down a mountain. It's, 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 oh, no, the ski metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no. or, or it's like building the railroad uh, in front of the of the train as it's as it's slowly ga- gaining speed, right? Mm. Which means just by the law of like you know what happens when things go faster is you need to be making a lot more track out in front of, of you as the train starts picking up speed. So you have to get bo- good at both of these, at both like running the engine of the train and keeping it going, keeping everything well lubed and oiled up, as well as setting down the train tracks and where we're going. It's like this both and thing you're the con- you're the conductor but you're also the rockefellers going like where should the where should the, the railroad go we need to connect kansas city to minneapolis because yeah. and maybe it's wheat. not a good idea to go through the rockies <laughs> exactly right so and actually this is probably this is like a really serious thing like a lot of people lost their lives making that i shouldn't even use that that example probably but it's a really big example of of what it can be like to build an actual business. Because listen, where a lot of people are right now, they're, they're like, there's a few categories I think people can be in in here. And some of them, they, they, some people here listening in Fizzle, they're just actively beginning to dream. They're like learning to dream again after mm. the world of school and getting a job and like the expectations of our parents and our it's society. They have, have kind of, they just, it's important. You got to get to the place. You got to hit bottom in some ways, you know? And then you kind of like, you just start going like, this is bull crap. You start dreaming. And then, you know, you might be like listening to the hustle porn and Gary Vaynerchuk and just going like every day we out here hustling. I heard Bill Burr. Oh my God. It was so good. I heard Bill Burr going like, I'm so sick. I'm so sick of hearing people tell me on Instagram how hard they're working. <laughs> like, oh, really? Do you have to work hard? Are you just figuring this out? <laughs> I love that. was a really good Bill Burr impression. <laughs> I love it. No, I'm serious. <laughs> you know, I'm the Bill Burr. He's like, Bill Burr's like, give me a, he's like, give me a job. Give me any job out there. Like, Aiden, well, give me any sort of position out there. Give me any sort of job that I could be in the world. Uh, penny counter at a bank. I'm thinking about being a penny counter. 
No, I'm serious. <laughs> At a bank. <laughs> That's his bill purse. Sorry. I can't help but do it. It's, so it's probably not even funny. I don't even know. But, but anyways, there's people out there who are dreamers. They're doing, you, you, like, and you might be listening and paying attention to a lot of different stuff, including this podcast, because you're just learning to dream again. Right. And this is like sacred. This is the holy imagination of the human psyche. Right. It's the whole interaction with the question of can you even live your life on your terms or not? I mean, it is it is deeply prophetic and magical. And you're like a sorcerer who gets to decide or, you know, maybe maybe not. Maybe we'll just let let the world tell us what we should want and, and, and maybe like live up to mom and dad's expectations. We're in a negotiation with all of that stuff. Right. So some of you are just learning to dream but there's this there is this place like now i'm starting to see it that i'm just been an entrepreneur for so long and watched a lot of my friends build their businesses and and we've built our own business here at fizzle and built like we just i see a lot of stuff and there's this other thing where it's like now it just gets serious that you're like all right well the business is going to run out of momentum if i don't have like the train's going to run out of track if we don't build enough track, which means we got to know where we're going and we got to figure out how fast we want this train to be moving kind of at all times, right? So it gets into a lot of logistics. When you're really running a big, uh, like a successful business with momentum, successful there is something we'll talk about later in the show because your definition of success really matters. But there is a point at which your business can turn into just straight up UPS style DHL, like logistics. How do we get this from where it is now to where it needs to be? Okay. And so so for me, that's like life gets kind of boring at that point, but it's a, but it makes lots of money there. You can make a lot of money there. And so there's like, there's a lot to be learning. I'm going to try to land this train. Okay, guys, I don't know how I got all the way out here. I think I'm going through the Rockies right now. Park it, maybe park the train. I think I'm going to park the train. I think I'm going to park the train. train. Let's just park the train. All I mean to say is that there are people in a lot of different positions out there. Some are learning to dream. Some are actively running like a a complex business. Some are somewhere in between. For no matter where you are, you either are already thinking in terms of doing business experiments or you need to learn how to think in terms of business experiments because this is where – the ideas, the fantasies, the journal or diary or notebook entries, the sketches on the back of a napkin at a cocktail bar. I just saw a, uh, an Instagram of Tim Ferriss. Like he was actually just taking a picture of these like inst- of these like uh, cocktail napkins that he was writing a bunch of notes on as he was out at you know coffee or tea with someone or something like that. Right? It literally it literally happens. But when you transition from the napkin the cocktail napkin with your notes on it into, you know, fast forward three years and there's a physical real thing. There's a stuff that there's, there's people that you don't even know that are landing on a web page on the internet and they're buying this thing, right? How do you fill in the gaps between here and there? Business experiments is <laughs> kind of how that's how we've learned to think about it here at fizzle. Uh, I, I have this thing about there's two kinds of people, um, which I want to get into in this, but first, I kind of want to just pass it over to Corbett. Corbett, you're someone who's taught me a lot about how to look at, at, at business in this way because it's almost like you, you just know deep down that like we don't know what's going to work. We have hypotheses. We're going to test them out, and we're going to go with 
what works. It, it feels very like army commander to me. <laughs> it feels very <laughs> like we don't know uh, what's going to happen out there, but we're going to go in. Okay. We're going to, we're going to take our boats into the Mediterranean. We're going to come up through Italy. <laughs> this is what happened in world war two. There's like a bunch of the U S troops that came up through Italy and they had this whole other campaign down there. Right. And they're just like, we're going to figure it out as we go. <laughs> We've got some Intel. We've got some Intel on what, what we can expect there, but what it's going to, it's all going to get crazy once, once the crap hits the fan. So I guess I'm just curious. I don't know when you think of business uh, experiments, Corbett. Where do you where like what what? Why do you think this is important? Well, first of all, I think it's freeing when you finally realize that nobody has all the answers, right? When you when you first get started, a lot of us feel like you want to have perfect information before you make decisions, right? Because you don't want to make a mistake. And eventually you realize that nobody has perfect information. We all have to operate on some level of uncertainty. So the goal then becomes to get as much as you can within reason, you know, use the 80-20 rule and understand as much as you can about the direction that you want to go. And the way that you do that usually is by talking to other people who have already done this thing or listening to podcasts where people are talking about things that they have already done that have been successful. So you get an idea of, okay, this is how it's gone for other businesses. And so I might want to do something like this. But Still, you're going to have a lot of different options in front of you. You know, should I start a blog to build an audience or should I start a podcast or should I start producing something on YouTube or should I pay more attention to social media or should I do some combination of all of them? And if I do that, what's going to happen to the rest of my the time that I have to work on my business every week? There's a million questions that you might have and you're not going to be able to answer all of those questions. So, we can talk about how you decide what experiments to do, but once you've done that, you need to run an experiment and pay attention to how it turns out so that you know whether or not it was successful. And I think that's the essence of what we're going to get to today is how to structure an experiment so that you know whether or not it was successful so that you can decide, all right, I started a podcast and it's been three months and that was how I defined my experiment. So how do I know now if whether or not that was successful and worth continuing. Or it could be as simple as I decided to change my goal setting process for this quarter, or I decided to change the headline on my website. Well, how do I know if that experiment was successful? So they can be yeah. large or small, but the process that Aiden is going to walk us through today, I think, is meant to um, remove or to add a lot of clarity to this process so that you know whether or not your experiment worked out and what you should do next. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so um, one of the things you mentioned in there, again, just recap here, the uncertainty thing. I love that this is, we didn't really talk about this beforehand, but like you're going to, you you say, Corbett, that it's actually freeing to realize that not everybody has all the information or, or the, quote, right answers, right? So everybody's working with sort of like an in, incomplete map of the territory, and their goal is to be exploring the territory, Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets off their own map at some point and has to create their own sort of topography. Um, and I love this point you make about all these options that you have between starting a blog, making a book, doing a podcast, maybe starting videos on YouTube, doing some social media, being everywhere all the time, doing everything. Right. And the effects, the impact that that's going to have on how much focus you can give to any one specific task. So how like mediocre everything you're doing is and how excellent no no one thing in particular (laughs) is right potentially um so 
But I really think the kicker in what you just said was to me this bit about you want to understand as much as you can about the direction you want to go. And what that with this pulls us like right into the beginning of of this how do we set up our own business experiment would really really know it's like how do we what are the elements of a business experiment but to me the the first the first thing about the business experiment and this is like this is just a challenge for me always it is hard for me to answer the question what do i want i do not know why that should be the easiest question in the world do you, Aiden, do you ever, do you ever feel like that? Yeah. That's why I have to always tell myself not to be a donkey. Remember? <laughs> do you remember, do you remember the don't be a donkey thing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I do, but I'm just like picturing you like in that, in that island in Pinocchio, like slowly turning into a donkey as you smoke <laughs> big cartoon cigars go like, yeah, we don't need our mom and dad. Yeah. And drinking out of a jug with X's on it. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. Totally. <laughs> well, totally. just to recap, the don't be a donkey thing is, is that, that allegory of the donkey with the hay to the left, the water to the right. He's hungry, looks at the hay, maybe I should eat some hay, looks at the water, oh, I'm thirsty, maybe I should drink some water, then looks back to the hay, then looks back to the water, never eating hay or always caught in the middle and indecision because he doesn't know what he wants, right? And then he dies of thirst and and starvation. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, don't be a donkey. You have plenty (laughs) of life to to eat some hay and then drink some water and then drink some water and then eat some hay. Um, And I think that's what's so um, instructive in in running experiments is... and being concise about um, your timeframes and, and the costs uh, associated because you can run as many experiments as you want. You've got, you know, most of us, God willing, have a lot of life left and a lot of energy left. Um, and you can run short experiments. You can test those things. And I think it's probably pretty important to start with questions like what you posed, Chase. Um, like, what do I what do I want? And that's why I think some of the dreams and some of the goals that I've gotten uh, that have gotten away from me were so painful in hindsight because I looked back on a venture that I launched into that I spent lots of energy uh, in and and you know there was like struggles and pains and sweat and blood and then I looked back and I was like that's not even aligned with who I am you know why yeah. why on earth couldn't I see that? Well, because I didn't have a framework, because I didn't take the time up front, um, I didn't have a process. So I'm hoping that that this um, helps people figure out, A, first, you know, how to ask themselves what they want, how to run experiments to, to verify whether or not these things are what, what they feel like. Um, because many of the dreams and goals that I think I want don't actually look or feel the way I think they should feel. Mm. Um, and I think you guys, there was some episode a while back where you were, you were talking about success. The way I'm defining success is, is based on what I want my life to feel like rather than what I want my life to look like. So I think that that plays a big part here too. Yeah, no, I, I love this. Okay, so before we get into the actual, because we've got a framework here, we're going to walk you through like these five different elements of of an of a business experiment. And so, just before, just to kind of set that up, when I was thinking about this topic, I was seeing like I was, I think I like in my friend group of people who are entrepreneurs or are trying or are entrepreneurs and wanting to be trying in some meaningful way, I see people who are either what I call lookers or leapers, okay? 
Right. right? And you might already be able to just put that together from that. Like, so the lookers are, are, they're analyzing things. They're writing things through in their journal or their notebook or their diary or their, their whatever, right? On an Evernote, there's, there's sketches, there's ideas. There's like, oh, it could look like this. Oh, it could look like that. There's like, it's like, it's like this, this, um, this, uh, like looking before you're leaping thing, right? Like a kind of almost con- con- too concerned or, or overly concerned about the looking before I leap, right? And then there's another group of people who are the leapers, right? Who just, who don't spend very much time at all looking, right? They, 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 uh, they can kind of overcome like the lookers. There's a resistance. It's like a fearful thing to just to step out and actually take steps and put things out into the real world where now you can be criticized, you can be judged, you can be judged and found wanting, as Alec <laughs> Baldwin says in, in uh, oh God, what is that movie, man? Gosh, the leads, the leads are Glenn crap. Gary Glenn Ross. Yeah, yeah is. coffees for Glenn. closers. Yeah, that's right. By the way, I read a whole article one time. By the way, listen, business people, if you haven't seen that movie, get off your high horse right now. I don't care if you have ten thousand email subscribers. You haven't you haven't accomplished anything in life. <laughs> you, you want leads? <laughs> you want leads? You want leads? Oh, it's the leads. Um, at Glengarry Glen Ross is a play that was turned into a movie, and the dialogue in it is just like wham, 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 cracking. So good. Every actor in there is an actor you know. <laughs> Every single one. But in their early um, careers, yeah. But about 30 years early, younger. Yeah. And I watched a, uh, so there's this one part where Alec Baldwin comes in. He's like the big executive, drives into the BMW. He's like the the sales manager. And he's driving into this this room where there's all these sales guys. Right. And they sell the, they sell like, like timeshares or houses or something like that. And he's there to motivate them and get them going. Right. Well, I read this one blog post about how brilliant this is because there's this moment just before Alec Baldwin starts doing his, he does his whole spiel, does his whole spiel and gets in their heads and, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's like one of the best business dialogues in, in media, like ever. Um, and he says to the manager of the, of the, the room, uh, where these guys work, he was like, is everybody here? And the guy's like, no, we're still missing time. He's like, screw it. I'm going to start anyways. And I read this one blog post once about how this is like a spiel that Alec Baldwin just he just goes to different places and does the same exact spiel every single time, right? And if you look at this this like sort of business uh, rah rah rally pump up thing through that because it feels like he's just rolling with what's going on. Uh, he pulls out the memory, pulls out the brass balls from his briefcase, right? Just, like all these little moments, you know, all these second places, a set of steak knives. God, it's so good. It's so good. Anyways, uh, uh, huge love for that movie just from a, like a playwright point of view, let alone from an entrepreneurial perspective. It's, it's a real, it, it's a real good look into, oh my gosh. It's some of the things are the same, but thank God some of the things are different in <laughs> doing your own doing a business these days. Um, so this point about there being lookers and there being leapers, I think is important. Okay. Because the lookers need to get a little more leap in their life. And that's exactly what the business experiment is going to help them do. And the leapers, they need to get a little more look in their life. And that's exactly what the business experiment is going to help them do. And you actually said this, Aiden, when you were like, there's two ways that I, that a project kind of goes awry for me. Right. Do you remember that? Where yep. you like, you're like, um, I'm trying to find, I think I took some, some notes on it somewhere. 
or two. Yeah. So you're talking about the constraints on the idea, right? So when we, when we force an idea, so a business experiment is something we do with an idea. We force it through this little black box. Okay. Or we force it through a Google, a Google document, (laughs) which is to say we have a bunch of, we have a bunch of questions we're going to ask of this idea and we're going to slice it and dice it up. Okay. So we're going to force it through this thing. And you said the two mistakes you make are either A, you never do anything with it. You just be a looker, Mm. right? Or B, you're two years down the road and you haven't really been paying attention to whether or not this is the kind of work you want to be doing, right? Right, Or if there's a a reason why you're doing it at all. And so you leapt before looking, right? And, And so it's just a stupid little thing I came up with, but it just seems to make so much sense of so many of my friends. And the lookers need some leap in their life and the leapers need some look in their life. And it's not that hard to just incorporate... Like the job, like if you're a listener out there and you're like, I am totally a looker. I think a lot of people are lookers, right? We would rather fantasize about doing something than do something. There's definitely some people out there who are brash and and kind of like capable of just like, no, no, I will, I will take the leap. Like I will just do it because that's what I've always done and I like it. And it makes mistakes, but it's exhilarating. It's whatever. So there's definitely both kinds of people out there. And the thing is, I, both of you, all you need to do is just to bring in with a little tiny, like a shred of discipline, a little bit of like, oh, here's where I'm prone to not pay enough attention to this thing, which is essential for, you know, like making it down. <laughs> like, again, we're going to go into skiing. You get at the top of the mountain, you got skis on. Okay. You're going to get down the mountain. All right. You, if it's a big mountain, you take skiing seriously. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You do, you do, you know how to make your turns. You know how to, how to pick your line and how to get safely from one area to another area. If something's going awry, right? You got to do that because that's like survival. Now a leaper is just going to go like, we'll figure it out as we go. (laughs) <laughs> like down the hill. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, a, and a looker will be up at the top just the whole time going like, okay, did we practice our turns? All right, I don't know if we practice our turns enough. Maybe we should do that a little bit more. Okay, maybe we'll take the chairlift down and we'll go practice our turns for another little while. Then we'll come back. Okay, I feel better now. You know, we'll do that. We'll come back to this later. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. The, the, the lookers versus leapers thing, all I mean that as is wherever you are, you can just take a little bit of, of the other side and fold it in. Bring it into, you know, this, this thing that you're making, because in the end, if it is better for the life of your idea, isn't that worth it? Right. Isn't it worth it to do a little bit of smart work to, if it means that the, this idea has a better chance of survival, right? A better chance of success. Right. So let's get into, uh, you've got this great Aiden. I love this. You've broken it down into body parts, this five section thing of getting into an, uh, a business experiment for yourself or the elements of a business experiment. And I think what would be really cool. Can you just give us an overview of all of them first? And then we'll kind of like dive in and go, I'm curious, like give us an overview. And then I want to hear sort of Corbett's thoughts on just the overview. That's what I'd love. Super. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's why I'm, I'm setting this up for old, old man, Mr. Barr, cause this is his, this is his lifeblood. Right. Um, uh, and I learned so much from, from listening to you and, and the spreadsheets shout out to Barrett Brooks for the tremendous Google spreadsheet tests that we'll link in the show notes. Cause I've mm. used those and still use those in my, uh, in my business for running and vetting experiments. Um, but yeah, so, so what is, how, how does the body get uh, made up of these uh, of these components, right? So, um, 
the business experiment hypothesis uh, I decided is the are the guts. You know, it's kind of um, the intu- intuition. What am I going to run? What is my best guess of something? So we've got the guts. We've got this, like, you know, and science is being very clear these days about it's almost like we have a separate and second brain right. in our belly, in the our intuition. Gut. So this is sort of the intuition. The guts is like the the hypothesis. What do we think is going to happen? What do we want to have happen? Is that where you put that stuff? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the, the next the next phase of the hypothesis is, you know, writing it down and limiting it to something very specific. Um so, so yes, and then we've got the structure itself. So, so the actual setup and preparation of the experiment, I feel like those are the bones, right? Those are the things that we're going to try and put the meat onto that frame out the entire experiment. And this may be one of the more important things as that structure. Um, then we've got things like variables, right? So these are like acts of God and the life distractions. Um, that I think is the heart because that's like we're, I believe my emotions live, and when I when I'm in an experiment and I want to do something else because I really want to, um, I feel feel like my heartstrings are getting tugged uh, that direction. Um, so those are the variables; those are the things that can go that can make things go off the rails um, mm-hmm. that I don't have control over. Yeah. Um, then we have the things we do have control over. So in any scientific experiment, you've got your controls, your control groups, the things that are static um, that you can make sure each time you run the experiment they're all the same. So that when you get results, you can trust them more because you've got these consistencies throughout. So I think those are the hands, right? And you're just gripping onto things, holding them, keeping them where they ought to be. Um, and then the conclusion or the results. And I think that's the head. Um, so that's when you look back. This is a postmortem kind of thing, right? Um, we'll, we'll put the, the postmortem episode in the, that workbook in the, in the show notes because that's really instrumental at this phase is really dissecting. Um, and reflecting to see whether or not this went right and exactly how it went right or exactly how it went wrong and all those considerations that we talked about in that episode um, as well as that that workbook. So um, those are the five parts, the guts. Okay, the okay so I – Go ahead. I kind of – oh, keep going. Sorry, guts, hypothesis, say it again. Yes, I was just going to rattle them off. Guts, hypothesis, uh, the bones, the experiment structure, the heart, those are the variables – the hands, those are your controls, and your head or brain, and that's the conclusion or results. All right, I love this. So, Corbett, when you think of like like separate from the 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 body metaphor, when you if if need be, when you think of doing experiments, right, a business experiment, when you think of, uh, and I know in our life we, we, together we haven't really thought in terms of doing a business experiment. We've just called it business. It seems like it seems like we have an idea for doing something. Immediately, the conversation is about what do we want to happen? What do we think is going to go wrong? What's going to get in the way? What will need to happen in order to, to get that thing successfully through to the end? Creating the plan and <clears throat> kind of getting on the same page. It's like almost we, we kind of naturally have put things through this this rubric. It was built into our company company operating system, the way we talk about projects and the way that we put them on our Trello board and the way that we kind of saw those through every every week and every month and every time we had like a a meeting um but i don't know when you think of these experiments when you think of these sections what 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 arises for you what do you notice well i I love the the structure of this and i think a lot of people make the mistake of not being structured enough when they try things in their business and so they they try things and then like aiden said earlier in the episode two years goes by and they have no idea whether or not the actions that they've been taking because they decided on a whim to try have actually paid off in their business so this puts a little bit more 
um, guidance around the whole thing so that you can be sure that your energy is being spent wisely because that's really all we have, right? Especially if you're a one-person business, you have such limited focus and energy to, to do something. You want to be making sure that your efforts are going towards the things that are having the highest leverage or the highest output. And so an experiment, if you set out to do an experiment successfully, the goal should be to find something out about how you can apply your efforts in your business and whether or not that is worthwhile. So the structure that Aiden has added here is really at getting at that. Again, to understand whether or not you can apply your efforts successfully uh, to uh, obtain some sort of results in your business. We talked earlier about uh, what you want, and there are a million things that you could want in your business, but let's say most businesses probably want more customers, right? So you might come up with some specific goal around getting more customers, but then you have to ask yourself, how am I going to get more customers? And this is where you start out at the beginning of this framework. In your gut, you ask yourself, well, how do I think I could get more customers? And you might come up with 10 different ways to do that. You might do some research. You might find out what has worked for other people. But eventually, you have to narrow it down to a few different things that you could try. And so if getting more customers, you're, you're thinking that, well, I could hang out at the mall and talk to people weirdly, like I'm selling Amway or something, <laughs> and uh, see if that works. So you Great can devise strategy. that as, as an experiment. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're going to do that, you want to know whether or not that is paying off and whether or not you should continue doing it. So that's where the structure comes in. I love this. I love this, um, this example specifically. Maybe we, can we roll with this specific example of getting more customers for a little bit because just for, just for Perfect. however long it makes sense, because I just think it really, it, it's a great one that just resonates with a lot of people. Like everybody who has a, a, a you know, an ebook out there for $5 uh, and, and anything that and anything more than that. Customer, you know, some sort of client services thing, massage therapy, marketing, Facebook advertising for clients, whatever. What you every every one of these businesses, they want more customers. It's just some. It's just a desire that a lot of us have. We want. And so, if I were to do a uh, Aiden, talk us through. If we were to do follow your gut, uh, what is it? Gut skeleton, ha heart, hands, and head. Uh, through the idea of getting more customers, can you can you paint us a little picture of that? Sure, yeah, and I'll I'll just use my own um, early uh, career experience as a as a filmmaker, right? So um, if I want to make more movies and I want to sell more um, productions to to customers, um, my, one of my guts might be, well, um, the first time I ever sold a thing was just because I sat down at at a some table at a conference, right? Talked to some guy, told him about my stuff, showed him a little video on my on my phone. Um, so my hypothesis could be, um, maybe I should go to more conferences and have more uh, conversations with people like that. So I my my hypothesis might be, um, I'm going to buy a ticket. So that's the hypothesis. I, I think I might get another customer by going to this place and doing this thing that I did once before or that somebody else had done. Yeah. Um, so that's the hypothesis. That's the guess. Um, the structure would be like, okay, um, what conference is happening in this month that I can test in the next 30 days? Um, I sell videos for maybe four or $5,000. If the ticket for this conference is between is less than $1,000, then that's great. So maybe I set my cost at $1,000, which is 20, 25% of my total thing. 
Um, the KPI is really easy. So the key performance indicator or the, the definition of success for this experiment is that in 30 days, I spend less than $1,000 and sell a four or $5,000 video. That is the experiment structure. It's really, really clear if it works, right? It's cut and dry. Um, so what are the variables, though? The variables could be, I don't really know the average income of the other attendees of this um, of this conference. Maybe I can find some of that out, but I'm never going to be exactly sure what money is in the bank account of anybody I'm talking to, right? So um, it's possible I the, the convention could get canceled. It's possible that um, you know I'll get a flat tire on the way there. It's possible that I just won't talk to anybody that I really resonate with, right? So those are a bunch of variables. You could you could go for days on this. But the idea is you don't want to explore everything. Just maybe write down a handful of things to consider that have a decent possibility of occurring, right? Well, I think that one in particular, this idea that I'm not going to talk to someone that, I'm, that I resonate with. I'm, I'm going to go to this thing, and it's not going to work. Like, I'm going to come away, like, not having one of those conversations. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, just a great example of, like, to me, when I think of the variables, I think of what could go wrong. You know, what could go wrong? Not that right. what is going to go wrong. What could, what could go, go wrong? wrong? Exactly. Uncertainty. We're, again, we're in uncertainty. Like, yes, this could happen, mm-hmm. right? I want to go out and catch a wave on surfing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could yeah. get mauled out there by a, by a man. You, Corbett, did you see the video of that huge great white? That the, oh, that the, the, the woman swimming with? That the woman is swimming with? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, that those was photos some, are incredible. That's a variable. That <laughs> the video footage was like lit I was awestruck. The the shark the great white Aiden is as big as a bus. It is big as a bus. And this lady is outside of a cage just swimming with it. Like it's coming at her slowly. Like, you know, and she goes up and around it. She grabs onto its fin and has oh, it pull her for a little bit. She's just she's just like free diving. Oh my goodness, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh. That talk about a variable. And it's gorgeous. It is like literally one of the most powerful beasts in the ocean. One of the, like this ancient grandfather of our of our planet right, is amazing. So you know yeah. what? That's a great that's a great uh, metaphor. So let's let's use that. So there could be big, massive, terrifying things in your life that approach you in the midst of your experiment that you really can't not f- focus on. You can't just yeah. ignore the big, great white that's coming at you. So some of those variables. What I like to do is. Do a little scenario generation, right? Sengen. Um, not all the crazy worst case scenarios of aliens invading planet Earth. Um, but, you know, you could do your bus sized great white shark scenario of, okay, if something like this happens, how am I going to deal with it? Does that mean death for my experiment? Do I put it on pause? How long do I put it on pause until the thing's over, until it's mostly taken care of? Those kinds of things. That's actually a great, that's a great way to think about this because that's what life is about and that's (laughs) you cannot just say you know what i'm gonna run this experiment there's not gonna be any great whites just yeah you know what it makes this all makes me think of i remember tim ferris did a ted talk a long time ago and it was really it was just about like hey here's how here's why you should go through the worst case scenarios right here's Mm -hmm. why you should think through the negative side and i remember there's a bunch of research gosh we did we did into this this thing called like whoop or something and it's like wishes outcomes obstacles uh and i can't remember performance analytics yeah or or something like that i think it's plan uh and it's just the way it's like the researchers found that if you 
if you look at both what you want, the positive, and you dream, and you think positive, and you dream about the future, and you spend some time thinking about what could get in the way, these obstacles, these things that can get in the way, these things that can come up, that can arise, then, it, then when you have a solid plan that accounts for those obstacles, it, you, you have a greater likelihood of seeing this thing through. I'm not remembering the research uh, yeah, verbatim. That's also it. kind of that's one of the foundations of stoicism as well. And the, yeah. the idea is is just that if you visualize the worst things that could happen, first of all, you, you might realize that a lot of them aren't as bad as you think because you just have this like uh, amorphous blob of fear out there. So you put Way some worse than the reality, actual yeah. actual parameters on it, but also it makes you much more resilient in the event that one of those things does happen because you've almost already gotten over that initial hump of what would I do if that happened? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so that to me is, is one of the biggest pieces of these experiments. It just forces you to, to synthesize or to appear. I was learning from somebody the other day, there's certain, um, there's certain moments in our sleep patterns where our brain is kind of just going through the day or through, through the recent season, and it's just deciding, it's sifting what it wants to keep and what it doesn't. Um, and it's like a way of, of like understanding like what we've been doing. But what dreams are, are these sort of synthesizing future potentialities to see how emotionally we feel about those situations precisely yeah right so it's like when we're thinking about these variables the the heart of of this in the diagram that you've laid out aiden it is it is a way of just just bringing up what are those obstacles what are the things that what can go wrong here what could go wrong here what could i love that i like that word could i I remember i heard tony robbins using it a lot he's like well could you do that (laughs) just like making the question like is it possible right not not like should you do it but could you do it right so what could come up is it possible that you sit go to this conference and you have a you don't have the conversation that actually sells the thing this being so was it a failure uh, completely? Or will you find, will it still likely be worthwhile on some other sort of soft variable somewhere, right? Some sort of new relationship, friendship, some sort of like long-term sales thing where now we've got a relationship going and, all, you know, two years down the road or th- three months down the road, you've got like a, a partnership that lasts several years with someone that you meant there, right? There's totally. all of these things that could come up mysteriously. And I, I don't want to be all rose-colored glasses about the future and just go like, hey, listen, everything's going to work out. I, I, I try to live like that myself, personally, <laughs> just because the, uh, <laughs> the opposite of that is just, I don't know, it just has its way with me. And I don't, I don't get to tell it where, it, like, if it pulls at my hair or not. <laughs> like, it just pulls my hair. <laughs> I like being with the one who, like, we can have a conversation. <laughs> I don't know where I'm getting that. But the the anyways, we're still in the variables on the getting new clients. So, so let's go into the what's next. We've done we've done the hypothesis is I might go to another an event. Um, we've done the skeleton, which is looking at the KPIs. How much money is going to cost? Is it worth it? Like what's the what's the the most money I can spend where it's still going to be worth it? Where where is a conference? Like looking at all of these kinds of the skeleton stuff. Then there's the vari- or the variables in the in the heart, which is like what could go wrong. What what do I? I mean. 
when I think of the heart, Aiden, I think of more than just what could go wrong. I think of what, what do I really want out of this? Like, what's the feeling I want to have from it? What is the kind of lifestyle that I want, that I want to have in my life? And how does this fit in with that? What is the kind of partnerships that I want to be having with people? Will I find those kinds of people here, right? Just really just spinning up my own vortex of desire about the thing. But then also what could go wrong? I, I, I have a lot of friends that are like, just don't think about the negative at all. I just don't see the, I, I love that, but I think it's really, really powerful when you, when you realize you're living in the jungle and you don't know when the jaguar is going to show mm, up. Right. Like all of our ancestors, like all of our ancestors, you're just constantly like, you're just like, you, you just, you, you kind of, you have these senses. Maybe there's a jaguar. You, you just have to be on alert at, at, and life still happens in the midst of that alertness and potentially that alertness to what could go wrong makes you better at getting what you want out of this moment. Right? Absolutely. I don't know. It's good. And, okay. So keep going. But yeah. And, and I do want to put a bow on that too, because this is, variables are not just the things that could go wrong. And I think heart is, it's an interest. It's maybe it's tough. I'm not sure if heart fits, but I think, you know, if you're fearing the Jaguar for danger and for things that could go wrong or the great white or whatever, um, you also must be keenly aware of, uh, of the cute little kitten that wanders up, you know, uh, yeah. the beautiful thing, uh, the thing that you get re- interested in and perhaps distracted from your experiment. So the variables, what happens if the great war- white shark swims up? What happens if if the uh, the siren you know calls to me away yeah. from this experiment, well, the siren is great. The siren is great as this like thing. If you're a sailor on the sea and you don't know about the sirens, you just get shipwrecked. Do you understand? Yep. Yep. But when you're what's his name? I think it was Perseus or uh, I can't remember who exactly. And you know about the siren. This is an amazing story, by the way. He knows about the sirens. Maybe it was uh, like. What, Odysseus or whatever? I think it he was knows- Jason and his Argonauts. <laughs> okay. Well, whoever this one is, he knows about the sirens. He says, listen, you guys, I have to hear it. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> he says, I have to hear it. You're going to tie me to the bar. You're going to tie me to the mast. Tie me to it. Okay. And you cannot listen to me. Put this wax in your ears so you can't hear them and you can't hear me. Right. I have to hear it. I have to hear it. That is to me, this is like on the Enneagram, this is like the ultimate example of the, the four. The four, which is just like, I know it's going to kill me, but I just got to do it. I just, gotta, <laughs> I know it's going to make me more sad, but I just, listen, let's put on another horror movie and just trip out about how unsecure everything is in life. How, how nothing is guaranteed. Whatever. The, um, but anyway, anyways, that idea of the sirens, they're out there, right? They're, they're those, beautiful. Dude, yeah. the fake news world is out there. The 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 fighting incessantly on social media about the injustices in the world. It is out there. All right. Are you tied to a mast with your team diligently working forward as you pay attention to that? Or are you or is it that is it like the lives of your sailors on your ship that are paying for your distraction? You know, you're getting lost into some dis- some siren's call, and I don't blame you for it because it's it. Listen, it's fabled of old. All who hear it cannot uh, resist. cannot resist the beauty <laughs> of yeah. this thing, right? It's like the it's like the pearl of greatest. It's like the sorcerer's stone. It just sucks you in, right? And I'm but I'm more interested in a more ma- more sorcerer magician level of operating the world where it's just more like, dude. My will, like what I want for my son, 
for my daughter, how I want my wife to feel in the world, how I want her, like what I want to be in her closet, what I, where I want us to live. This sort of, this will thing requires me to be a powerful, individuated, sort of egoic entity. And then the way in which that I fulfill that will or pursue it, making, uh, the, the real key here is understanding how the world works. Understanding how uh, that everybody else is out there distracted, uh, prone to distraction at least, right. and wanting certain things, and we're all going to face we're all going to face our death. I don't know. I always go to the existential thing because it's like, <laughs> what are we even doing here on this planet? Like we're monkeys that found mushrooms, and now we think about the stars. Right. Like what are we doing on this planet? But that's just me. We're talking about growing your email list to ten thousand subscribers and beyond, <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think I think that's good. Though. What's the beyond I, part? <laughs> that's when i want to blow some smoke and go like let's have a conference <laughs> let's have a cannabis fused uh fueled uh conference on the what is the beyond for the to grow your email list to 10,000 subscribers and beyond yes <laughs> um okay so wait we've still gotten we're still in variables here is right. there anything else you want to say on variables for this particular example of grow uh, getting more clients no, but you gave us a bridge to controls, and I think this is a great, uh, another great um, anecdote with with uh, with being tied to the mast, tying yourself to the mast, putting a stake in the ground with a rope, um, tying around your waist or whatever. That those are the controls, right? So yeah. all the unpredictability that comes with the variables, um, you know, doing some scenario generation, but then what things can you actually keep static, right? So that goes back to how you structured your experiment. Um, Corbett looks like he, he wants to talk about costs, but uh, um, the idea here is is you have your structure and not wavering from that enables those things to become control things that you can run again and again in future experiments so that your results are trustworthy. Um, okay, so hold on, tell me yeah. again, because controls are... Controls are the things that we can control. Right. We're not focused on things that we cannot control, which is kind of, do I sit next to, like, will I have sat next to someone that I really resonated with? That's like kind can't, of something we predict. can't control. Exactly. Right? What, what can we control in that? So what you can control is you can control the kind of conference you go to, when you go to it, how much it costs, um, and how many people you talk to, you know, and those are kinds of, uh, those are things, you know, I'm, I will talk to no less, I will have good conversations with no less than 10 people over the course of two days. Right. Mm. Um, so this I is will, basically the, the actions that you, you can take or you control. Right. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. And, and I love, I love the idea of just setting up and just having like a, it's almost like a, what do I think of? You know, I, I think of those, like those really, um, you know, I, you know, Corbett, you guys probably, you're not traveling with any knickknacks, but in your host, house back home, do you have like little, like, kind of like, like, you know, there's like a nice, like enamelware, like flat, like serving platter type of thing where like on it might be some like knickknacks, like a photo, a crystal, maybe like a thing from like a market in Mexico. Do you guys have any of those kinds of things? I'm trying to remember. No. <laughs> no knickknacks. <laughs> no knickknacks no, in my house, man. This is a no knick. This is a knickknack free zone. <laughs> there, there might be a few of them, but it makes me think of like a little like enamelware flat panel thing or flat like like tray of of just of the of these knickknacks. These are the things you can control. Like they're like they're knickknacks because they're like they're small. It's like oh, there's a little beaded skull from Mexico. It's like that's mm -hmm. the fact that you can you can you can say I'm gonna I'll just go and I'll have ten conversations. Yeah, unless you know you're, what I mean. Unless you're my mother-in-law, then you cannot control the knickknacks. 
in your house. <laughs> I love practice. it. I love practice. it. No, this is that's that's for ne- the next episode when business experiments go awry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this idea of the things that we can control and really just having like like having a little like honestly like a little like I if I if I went, for my bigger projects if I would do this and just set up like Jess Lively style like a little physical like like uh, uh like I don't know manifestation of these ideas in my head here what do i have control over i do have control over how often i publish i do have control over what products i'm doing videos about on my youtube channel i do have control over how much of my time i spend with my family right i do have control over and all of these things these are like your little secret magic totems do you know what I mean? These are like represent like your power in the world. Like you get to decide where your attention and time goes as it relates to any of these things, right? But a lot of times we're just stuck in the victim, man. That's like, like a lot of my work in the coaching is focused on. It's just like we get stuck. It's like, well, this worked out for that person. And if I would have started earlier, well, then it would have been. But my right. dad never got me a Nintendo. So it's like now I'm like behind <laughs> everybody, you know. Uh, but the, but just flipping it, just that's probably true. Like you not having a Nintendo actually, okay, cool. That, that probably doesn't make an impact or not, but what can you control and focusing on that? Even just having little physical manifestations of like that remind you of like, I am in control of my presence with my family, right? I, I am in control of my, like how present I am with my family or how present I am with my YouTube audience when I'm on video or something like that. Right. That is like these little, like it's like a little ritual. It's powerful stuff. (laughs) And maybe I'm just in that mode because we just had like a crazy five hour lunar eclipse thing, which, which I watched and like, and ended up like, you know, taking in illegal substances on the beach, (laughs) like a crazy psychedelic experience on the beach during a five hour, like silent moon thing. Like, what am I doing with my life? I have to admit. It's pretty fun. But that's why I get all about the totems right now, because what you can control in your life, I swear, I swear to you, what you can control, if you just put a little more of your attention on that, take responsibility, take ownership. This is all like, anyways, this is like Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for being a grown up or whatever it is, 12 rules for life. Jordan Peterson, very, very challenging character, but one of the fastest growing platforms I've ever seen in my life. Watching him grow over the last three years has been like, unbelievable like literally incredible because i had just found some of his stuff on youtube where he's talking about the movie he does like five hours breaking down the movie pinocchio which blew literally the top of my brain off right it was so (laughs) deep and so good it was so it taught me so much about life it was great um then he writes this book the 12 rules for how to make your bed in the morning or whatever it is and basically the gist is here's make your bed (laughs) The, the gist the gist is like focus on those things you can control yeah. Right. And it's, and it's, he's the, got the, the biggest, the fastest growing platform I've ever seen that isn't Cardi B, you know? So, <laughs> too dissimilar, so, but which yeah. is, saying, which is saying something. Okay. So this is the controls controlling what kind of conference you go to, how many people you talk to, how much the conference costs, when the conference is, what kind of conference it is, right? All that yep. stuff. Okay. Then after the controls, which is our hands, is that correct? That's correct. And then, then what do we have? And you see what happened. Right. Okay. And you got focus it. and take time to remember and dissect and reflect and all that. Um, exactly how it happened. You know, um, were you able to 
How many variables did you experience? Were you able to keep your controls static? Um, did you get close to that? Uh, was it obviously a success? If it was, then now's the time to try that same thing again, doing things as similarly as you did precisely. And that's why the controls are so important, because you want to make sure that you run your experiment and that the things that you can control stay the same if you're experiencing success. Mm. If it's not so successful, now's the time to maybe get a little philosophical. Was there anything that was good? Was there a great relationship that that it rejuvenated my motivation? That's that's good. Um, but ultimately, you want to go back and maybe think about a new experiment. Think about a new avenue for getting these customers. Maybe you are now going to the mall instead of conferences. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper um, yeah. hanging out in the food court. <laughs> but um, Okay, so this remains yeah, that. that. I love this. This is interesting. So if it's successful, we're looking at why. What's great about it, as you're talking about this, it's making me think of a word that or a phrase that we've said in Fizzle a lot in our in our team meetings over the last several years. And it was just this idea of a consistent engine of growth. Mm. Right? That's what we've con like we've con as a as a you know a web-based business, we're, that's what we kind of like determined as our goal. Like what's a consistent engine of growth. And we constantly did experiments to find where we could be growing. Um, cause there wasn't just what we found early on is there, just, there wasn't just one thing that was like explosive and then we're just writing it out, you know? Right. Um, so you're constantly going like, okay, it worked a little, what else could we try? So we were coming up with lots of ideas, right? And then lots of experiments to try. And then, and then there's a lot of things running. So we're, we're able to tell if there's results coming or not. Right from several different things. But that idea of a consistent engine of growth, I, I, I make comment of that here precisely because that is like, when we're thinking about this business experiment, you might be thinking you're listening to this show right here because you want to learn about business experiments. You might be thinking you want to start a business. Well, I would, I would argue that maybe what you're really trying to do is find a consistent engine of growth for your life, for your revenue, for your income as a family, for your lifestyle itself or for whatever. But that concept of something that is like, if going to a conference, you really sold a video when it ended up being worth it. Like that'd be kind of a fun sales process <laughs> going to like four <laughs> conferences a year or something like that. Totally. If you liked it for Corbett, it'd be like a nightmare. He'd <laughs> be like, I hate this. I hate, I hate this so much. He doesn't like to travel like that. He likes to travel. Like I'm going to go to Sevilla. We're going to have some Campari and sodas at around 2 PM. I'm going to finish up email. Okay. <laughs> then we're going to move on to an olive course. Oh, man, actually, as I'm talking about it, the more I'm like, wait, tasting. I like, I like that too. <laughs> Keep going, you're, you're yeah. getting me excited. All right, so there's this great place that has some amazing vinaigrettes. We're gonna try them all. Um, the uh, the uh, balsamic vinegars is where I was going for it, but vinaigrette is where we landed. <laughs> I guess that's where, that's that's where Daddy's brain is is making cheap salads. So uh, uh, we're, we we got to come to a close here. We got to come to a close here. Um, and I. I was just talking about this consistent engine of growth thing, so I want people to think about that, but maybe that's just a little outside of our wheelhouse for this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe what we're, what we're really talking about is just if you see your idea as something that deserves being put through a process that your mind designs, that your intelligence designs around, like it says, like, okay, what are the beasts and the dangers in the jungle to this idea? Right. And then how do we put this idea through some sort of a, a of a uh, I don't know, maybe it's a workout regimen or maybe it's just a set of questions 
to to get it up to you know up to fitness for us to actually try right up to, for us to to do this thing because anything we do is taking our energy right and when we're a solopreneur we don't have a lot of people i don't want to get too you know doomsday about this but what you work on really matters it's really what you're working on right now you every yes we've said it so many times every yes in your life brings down the quality of every other yes in your life right because you have a finite amount of yes you can give. <laughs> so looking at your idea with this experiment in mind, it's like, to me, it's like looking at a child and not just seeing them for who they are right now, but seeing them for who they have to become to be someone who is able to critically look at a political candidate, like, for example, a lunatic, very clearly lying person. And go, morally, my chronometer shows I don't like this person very much. Or there's someone that doesn't notice that. Anyways, I'm trying to make a political point and shouldn't even try to do that. <laughs> when you, when you, but when you look at your kids, you can look at how they are right now. You can look at who they are right now and how beautiful all this is. It's amazing. But there's always in the back of my mind this sense of what I'm developing this, uh, of not what I'm developing this kid, of who this kid's developing into, Right. Of who this, this, and, and I see it very, like it's so the same with business ideas. If I focus and decide and commit on something, like I want to, I want to see that thing through, right? That's why I'm constantly looking and <laughs> very rarely leaping. Because when I leap, like I'm kind of hoping to like raise this thing up, you know, it's like a, it's a commitment. It's a commitment to grow this thing up until it like leaves the house and, and its mother and I can actually have some time to ourselves. Um, <laughs> Love how sad dad I sound right now, <laughs> but uh, but um, um, land the train, land the train. Your idea, if it's worth coming to life, it's probably worth going through this simple experiment formula that Aiden has laid out here, and um, and you can you can listen back to this episode whenever you want to to get a sense of what are the things that you should run your idea through or that you should ask of your idea, uh, but. Be very clear about the fact that you can completely design this your own way. This is Aiden's way of designing it, right? And I think it's got great questions there to ask of of what could go wrong, of what could go right, what do we actually want it to be like, what are the results, how will we know when it's finished, right? All of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can easily design your own your own questions. People have been doing that for years and years and years. I'm sure you could read like any Stephen Covey book, and it's it's going to run you through handfuls of this stuff, right? Um, so it's like the idea the idea of doing it itself isn't really the question or, or the idea of how to do it is like there's a bunch of fun qu- ways to answer that question the the real question is are you gonna do it because right now you're just on a walk like going you know do it i don't know if you're taking your business very seriously and no bad if you aren't like no bad like play with it like let it develop naturally right but when you're at a time where you start to feel like you have been just pretending this business experiment idea is there and ready for you to go. I'm ready to go to the next level. And you know who else is there? Is the whole entire community at Fizzle, which you can, as a Fizzle Show listener, get into for free for five weeks. And you can you can take a couple courses. Aiden, I'm going to pitch it to you because like, there's two courses, I think, in particular that, are, um, that this, this works really well with. Uh, but again, fizzle.co slash try five is where you can go as a listener to get five weeks of free fizzle. It's just like, it's the freest, it's free as in beer, as Homer would say, or someone would say. I can't remember where that came from. Free as in beer? Do you remember that, Corbett? 
it's a uh, reference to um, software licensing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> look, People can go look Wikipedia, it up. Wikipedia that on their, on their own. Um, okay, so Aiden, there's two courses in Fizzle that this made me think of. Uh, do you, I'm wondering if you can guess which ones they are. Well, I feel like at least where I got this information was from uh, phase three, stage eight and nine, which were like the growth and uh, product update yeah. courses. Yeah, I love that. I also think about the, when I think about business experiments, one of the first things I think about is the customer conversations course. Sure, absolutely. Steph's customer conversation course is like, is like a way of front loading all, all, like basically all of this idea about, uh, it, it gets you out of the way a little bit. It forces your ass on the line in some meaningful ways. Uh, but it is, it, it can, it can shortcut a lot of the development of the business idea. So, so that one in particular, but then also the 30 day challenge, the just ship it challenge, yep. which is, a, mm-hmm. which is a course inside there, right? Yep. And we're doing yeah. actually, a, go ahead. Yeah. It's actually a free challenge. Um, but we're currently Aiden, actually, you can explain it better than I can. Yeah, we're we're running a kind of a guided live coaching session of this challenge. Um, oh, really? Yeah. How do people right sign now. up for that? Well, um, if you want, it, we're going to be in the middle of it. But if you comment on this episode, oh. we'll get you in manually. Uh, the gates okay, closed. Got it. So it, a couple so weeks it's ago. Already, yeah. Okay, got it. So it's already going. But even if they aren't, they can still get that that free course. We'll put a link to it uh, in the show notes. What that's going to do is for 30 days, it just runs you through different stuff to do to actually ship your thing, yeah. whatever it is, Quickly. whatever it is, and get it done in four weeks. Be done with it. Be done. Like, get it out the door. Now you've done a thing, right? Feel the feeling of having done a thing. <laughs> it might change your life. It just might. When you're like, if you got cocktail napkins, like all over all your pockets, like it's just like everyone's like, oh yeah, I was thinking about this idea last year. It's interesting you're bringing it up now because I have a note on it. Oh, good, good. That's why nobody knows your name. Okay? That's, <laughs> that's why you're working at McDonald's. No bad. That's fine. I actually still think that's the best French fry on the planet. Like, and so you, to me, are a little bit of a, like an artisan. Um, Okay, let's uh, let's close this out, Corbett. Anything anything final to say? Uh, I think the key piece for me in this episode, and just the concept of doing experiments in general, is the very last step. And this is where people go wrong. Uh, it's easy to start an experiment. It's easy to have lofty goals for an experiment, but it's hard to have the discipline to make sure that you stop and review and measure and make decisions based on the information that the experiment gave you at the end yeah heavy duty yeah that's good aiden what do you have to say in closing uh if you're curious about how to do exactly what corbett just said you should do you should use that post-mortem workbook Woo! it's amazing (laughs) okay so tell us about the post-mortem workbook well um it has a series of questions um when a project or an experiment is over um to really ascertain what went right how it went right what went wrong how it went wrong and what to do next time okay got it and people can that is that a, on a fizzle blog post is that a course where do where do people find that yeah so it's uh it was a podcast episode um i believe that was mm, in the late 200s we'll put it in the show notes um okay. and um Yes, great episode and also great downloadable artifact. 
Okay, cool. Awesome. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes for all you listening out there. We will have show notes for everything that we talked about on this episode at fizzleshow.co slash 304 because it is episode 304. You see how that works? So you can always just go fizzleshow.co slash 304. And that again is fizzleshow.co. All right, y'all. Thank you for thank you for your attention. Like we just honestly love being on this run with you or being in your commute or wherever you are, whatever you're doing. We love it. You can always you can you can always give us a, a, a note over at hey guys at fizzle.co. Tell us how you're doing, tell us what's going on. Um, and we'll we'll give you any resources that, that come to mind on whatever you're dealing with. But uh, yeah, find care. All right? Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in y'all thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week on the fizzle show bye bye